This is now episode six. Six, isn't it? Six. Five? Of, uh, five or six? Is it five? No, I think we're on five. Episode five of uh, Real Force. We've, we've made it to the, mar- the, the milestone. <laughs> That's five. Um, the schedule's been a bit messy this week. Um, I've had like a bit of a few like, family matters that's been pretty cool. But apart from that, it's, um, it, it, it should be back to normal this week. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah sh- everything should be back to normal. We're going to aim for every Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, two episodes. So, yeah, that's. But um, today we've got a, another special episode. Uh, we're going to talk about yeah, the Dark Knight got- trilogy. And we've got uh, we have a guest, a guest. Yeah. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jack from Jack Reviews Films. Another film review channel. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about the um, Dark Knight Rises. Well, not just Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> the, the, but, the, the, um, the Dark Knight Trilogy. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, it should be less heated than the, uh, the, 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 the prequels one last episode. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it should be good fun. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I think we should start with everyone's like opinions on the films and like how they first got introduced. Because like the Dark Knight was one of the first films for me that sort of made me was like it. It made me see there was more behind the camera than just a film. Like yeah, Chris Nolan yeah. was one of the first directors I knew. Um, yeah. and I think the whole trilogy is still like I still. Even if I don't like the Dark Knight Rises as much, I I still think it's I don't think I think people either give it too much credit or just not enough because it's still yeah it's got its issues but it's still like a well made film yeah there I mean, are some in, great moments in that in in terms of the Dark Knight Rises I think a lot a lot of the issues that I have with it is um it's just I think. Again, I think we talked about this a little bit with The Godfather, and it's where it's just it was never going to be able to live up to yeah the quality of the previous two films, and I think that that's where you end up making a film that's not as pleasing as it probably should be. I think one thing which I think they'll trouble with is it's unfortunate. It's the death of Heath Ledger that ultimately they had to. It was it was an obstacle in I think the whole trilogy because it was he was so good in the Dark Knight and the death. I mean I think that to go in between with like respecting like the legacy left in the second film and yeah. trying to tell a competent film in the third, um, which I think they did do an, a a good job of, but it's just a shame to what could have been. Yeah, I mean I, again. If obviously Heath Ledger hadn't have died, I mean it would have been nice to see him return to yeah. the role. And I think yeah. again that that's the thing we didn't get an, enough of Heath Ledger as a joke as the Joker, and it is a massive shame. Yeah, definitely. I think as well it, it's it's harder with that because a, a lot of people understand that he was meant to be returning in The Dark Knight yeah, Rises yeah. one way or another as well and that his story just weren't going to end with him hanging off the side of a building. It's, it's such a shame. No. I do... 
in some ways really appreciate the way like it'd been great to see him return but i think the idea where it was the only film and you don't truly have the like a complete ending of the joker arc in the trilogy it does make things a lot more interesting in some ways though for me i mean obviously it was never meant to happen and it's a shame but i do think it it does like the he says his legacy is respected because it's 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 never really seen or even happened in any Batman film or any film about a villain before where he's sort of just left and, you know, no one knows what happened to him. It's yeah, like a yeah. that we've never tied up, and I do like that. In a way, I think that sort of plays into the character of the Joker as well, because obviously the Joker is a character that you never really find out a whole bunch no. about. And, and like, I think yeah. it does sort of play into it a little bit there. Yeah. Anyway, um, how would, Jack, how, we'll start with uh, the guest. Uh, how how were you first introducing the Dark Knight trilogy? Uh, to be honest, I think I remember seeing all of them at the cinema. Yeah. Um, granted, I was only five when the first one came out. So, yeah. But, my dad was a huge Batman fan, collected the comics when he was younger and it just sort of carried on into me and likewise my brother, probably hopefully gonna continue that way as well. Did you are you are you interested into in the Batman comics as well or Yeah. Are I, you a collector? I, I I'd probably say I've read a fair few over the years. I'm not like religiously collecting comics every month yeah. or anything now. I get the big ones, you know, the Killing Joke, um, Court yeah. of Owls type stuff, but nothing, nothing major. I think the thing which is for me is the most interesting of the Dark Knight trilogy is I don't think a comic book film has done so well. I think apart from it set up the whole thing is where you didn't have to be a comic book fan to appreciate the Dark Knight trilogy, which like the yeah. previous, I think previous like superhero films. I mean, a lot of them weren't great quality-wise. I mean, the original Captain America is not not, not good. <laughs> um, and I think even the original, like, three Batman films, the Michael Keaton, I do think, like, like, it's more of a comic book fan thing. Like, after, like, yeah. reading some of the comics about them and about the certain characters in those films, I think you appreciate them more if you've read the comics. Whereas the Dark Knight trilogy work on their own as just, like, a crime thriller. Especially the, it's, the Dark Knight for me. Yeah, certainly. It, it's really interesting as well how politically stable it is as well. Like that, it doesn't really change the tone no matter when you watch no. it. That there's always something in it that's always going to be relevant that people understand, and it, it's such a good play on that. It's the yeah. perfect. Um, I mean, it's it's in the film where it's uh, it's when I can. An unstoppable, unstoppable object. Which, like, what, I, can't remember, I can't remember the exact quote. It's like when an unstoppable, unstoppable object, object uh, hits a, um, is it like an unmovable wall? So I, that, yeah. I think that's a perfect way to describe it. It's, it's, it's the perfect because the Joker complements Batman so well, and I think that's where a lot of films, even even just normal crime thrillers, um, seem to fail. As a film. Yeah, they never get like two that are compatible, do they? 
No, like that. Anyway, uh, I think we'll switch over to other Jack. How were you first introduced into the trilogy? Um, I mean, I was only three when Batman Begins went into cinema, so I didn't see that there. But um, I saw it just before I saw The Dark Knight in cinemas um, when I was obviously a little bit older. And then I saw Dark Knight Rises in cinemas too. Um, In in terms of the comics, um, again, I I read a lot of the um, New 52 arc, but that was like years ago. So I remember. I, I think I read the Batman and Batman Detective comics from there, and then yeah. again, big stuff like Killing Joke. You know, um, I reread Year One again, like yeah, yeah. last week. So stuff like that. I'm. I you see. I'm like. I'm like. I'm. I understand Mark Hamill's Joker a lot more. Um, but I think one thing that's interesting is that we all saw The Dark Knight in cinema. We're all like relatively. I mean, it's it's a twelve rated film. Like, what is everyone? Because there's an idea that some people want it to be R rated, um, some people yeah. want it to be even a little bit darker. Like, why? Where where do you stand on that? Um, I mean, with with Batman, especially when you look at the comics and the video games in particular, they're all very gritty and they're all dark and they're very gothic, and I think. Um, I think Tim Burton's Batman leans more into that, into that particular, you know, gothic, yeah, Tim, yeah. edging on I, horror feel. Yeah, I think and, I think like I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, especially I mean, I rewatched I I, I rewatched the Dark Knight trilogy. And I watched the first Batman with Michael Keaton with the Jackson yeah. and the Joker, and I think like the, like if you look at like the production design on the sets. It's so it is really gothic and it feels like you're watching like a comic. It, that film feels like like a comic book is actually coming off the page compared yeah, to the Dark Knight. That's, yeah, I I do really like that. There, there's a scene in Burton's Batman like right near the beginning when you get a look at Gotham and it does. It almost looks like it almost looks comicy like cartoony, and I do really like the way that um, that was brought in by Burton. But then um, I think it's important to, you know, to sort of, don't know how to put this, but um, I think it's important to Nolan's trilogy that it is very realistic because, you know, that's how he wants to play. He wants to play into the realism of crime. And, you know, I think that is important. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start with Batman Gins because one of my favourite like performances, like uh, I'd even say the last like twenty years, that have, um, is uh, I really really like Killian Murphy's Scarecrow. Yeah, um, he he is ridiculously underrated. I think. Yeah. Um, especially in Batman Begins, he's one he's one of the better film adaptations of villains. That there is out there, definitely. I think that I think that's the thing with like, especially as a whole trilogy. And I think this is where Batman again almost gets like overshadowed in some ways, is because of how good the Dark Knight is, and there's so many performances throughout the trilogy that especially don't get picked up on. And I think Killian Murphy's Scarecrow. I mean, it's still. I remember watching it when I was like really young. Like the film came out was three, and I didn't see it at the cinema, but I remember watching it like on demand when it came out afterwards or on DVD. 
And I remember like the yeah. scarecrow sequences scared the hell out of me. And I think yeah. Killian Murphy is I think he's very underrated generally as an actor, but a scarecrow especially. I I prefer him over Bane. And I don't um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um I think as well. Oh sorry. Oh car- yeah, carry on. I was gonna say I think as well a good thing about Scarecrow is that he didn't really try to play on his you know his like mind games rather than yeah. they made him more realistic that he was just a a drug yeah. dealer in a in a way. Yeah. S- simple terms, but and I think I think that's like it he's the first step that shows it was gonna become a more serious trilogy because the way they did that. Um and I, I do think what I really like about it, I'm glad they just didn't throw the Joker in Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, I think. Up. Yeah, I, I think that's a um, obviously another thing with the uh, Matt Reeves Batman that's going to be coming out at yeah. some point, whenever that release date is now. But um, it's that they're looking at different villains and they're not too keen to, you know, just throw the Joker in there as the big one. And they're um, looking to sort of expand on some of the smaller villains. Uh, see, that would be interesting because um, has anyone played the uh, the Batman games? The Arkham, Asy- Arkham Asylum? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Arkham City. Uh, and I do yeah. think the games do that so well. Uh, expand on like Poison Ivy, I really like. In yeah, um, the the most recent, the recent Batman, um, I, I really like, and I do think, like again, I like how they. I think the games do so well of borrowing from Christopher Nolan's trilogy, of like mm. a gritty, realistic side, and I do think they borrow really well of combining elements of like Tim Burton's Batman and the more comic book side to the character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think that that's the thing with the films. I think in terms of getting to that R rating, I don't think it was ever going to happen. Um, may, may maybe so with Batman Begins, but I think I I think again that's that's pushing it a little bit. But um, yeah, I th- I think again with the games as well. You know, they can be quite bloody. You know, they they're quite. Raw. I mean, but, Batman um, Arkham Knight was, the, I think it got an 18 rating, I believe, from the 12 rating. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I think with like games as a medium, you can get away with that. And I think if you look at the Dark Knight collision, where it was in superhero films, I mean, you had the success of like Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man trilogy. And like, yeah. it added something that, but before that, like superhero films were a bit of a joke. I mean, you had Catwoman in 2004 with Halle Berry, which is Travesty. <laughs> um, I do. I do like. Have, anyone, has, have you both seen um, the Razzie Awards speech? Have you accepted it? No, no. Uh, she went to the Razzie Awards and accepted her worst actor, uh, Razzie, and it was. It's just. It's funny in the speech. She hated that film. <laughs> um, but I think maybe if it was, if if the Dark Knight trilogy was made maybe ten years later, you've, you've probably got a chance of having like a more like R rating. But yeah. I think at the time period, I mean, even even making like the trilogy a lot more serious and a lot more like crime thriller driven, it was a risk in itself. Like 
let alone starting an R rating on a Batman film. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's important as well because it's it allows Nolan to sort of widen his horizons, widen, you know, the members of the audience that he's going to hit yeah. because it isn't just for people that enjoy the comics or, you know, enjoy the games or enjoy the other films, you know. And anybody yeah. could walk into, you know, um, Batman Begins or Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and they could find enjoyment in it. You know, they're not going to be bored or uninterested because it's a superhero film, because it do- it doesn't really play out like that. I never read any of the comics yeah. until I saw the trilogy. Um, All right. So, like, that's, like, an element. Um, I... I think it's a good it's a good introduction to the character as well a lot more than um, Tim Burton's trilogy um, because of the way because of the way Batman begins like starts and you've got the the whole period with Henry Ducard in in, um, in Batman Begins and it, I like whereas Michael Keaton's for me my issue with the first uh, Tim Burton Batman is it's it's sort of for me it feels a bit rushed this whole introduction yeah as a character. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, again, I think with Batman Begins, well, the character development of Bruce Wayne is really good. At times, it does feel like a little bit of a like a Bruce Wayne character piece, yeah. and it, it does delve into the character of Bruce Wayne the way that, like, none of the other films ever have. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see a different take on his, like, origin as well, that it weren't a serious connection to say, like, it is with the Joker in other in other adaptations that it's him that killed his parents or yeah. it, it's just a random street thug and that's what I think probably makes people resonate more with the character as well. Definitely. I mean, some of my favourite moments in The Batman Begins is with, um, like, we obviously, like, Ra'al Ghul's, like, and, um, like, with Liam Neeson where you can see, like, his rise into the character. Yeah, I do wish. I, I do wish. I do wish other other sit like I hope. Um, Matt Reeves' Batman does explore that in some element, like his introduction. Yeah, the character a lot. A yeah, lot definitely. Because I mean, ever you've both seen Suicide Squad, like it's. I hated. I hated. Unfortunately, that. I hated that. The way they introduced it, it was just yeah. no. It wasn't. It wasn't good. And it's, it didn't make uh, sense either as a timeline. It didn't make sense. No, Su- Suicide Squad really wasn't great. Um, oh, no, no. It, it, um, but then ne- neither was Birds of Prey. So I've still not seen that yet. Yeah, so no, no, I, no I, didn't, I, I, I didn't think that was um, too good in, in, in particular. I think the D- DC is general just. They, they tried to rush so like Marvel. They wanted to catch it with Marvel. They're playing catch up the whole time, and they tried to cut so many corners. And it yeah, didn't, I th- yeah, it didn't pay off at all. Yeah, they are. They're trying. They're trying to sort of, you know, catch up, get all those films out, and they're not really focusing on the quality. They, they just sort of want it done. I'm so glad they're not. They've not rushed um, Wonder Woman in that sense because you yeah. know it's three years between the last one and this one. Yeah, and whenever this does actually come out, and it's the first one proved that the build up to that 
played such a big part because that film was so good in comparison to the rest of the DC universe. And it's a shame how the others aren't taking note from that. Yeah. I do yeah, actually, agree. I actually am. Um... Like, I really like Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I want to yeah, say yeah. That, that, that they even tried to push it for like a Best Picture nom- nomination. At one point, there was, they were campaigning for that, um, which has been interesting. Um, but yeah. I think another choice is, I don't like David Ayer as like a director. Like I don't like his style. Um, he always, mm-hmm. like I, I saw, obviously with Suicide Squad, and then he made a, a Netflix film with uh, Will Smith. Oh, right. Bright. And it, it, with it, uh, Joel Edgerton. It's, I don't like, he, he directs moments really well. And that's about it. Telling a story, like a narrative, like a narrative over, say, a three-act structure, he doesn't do it very well. He's not great at telling a competent story from beginning to finish. He's he feels like I'm watching a student film where that that they've got some great moments in them, and he's like he spent yeah. all this time and just having this moment in the film, and that's it. There's no substance. It's just. A moment. He actually did have a military career. Interesting. In fact, I actually didn't know that. Uh-huh. He, used to, he used to be in the navy. Also, those those um, action sequences in Suicide Squad still so hold to this day. Yeah, <laughs> Birds of Prey actually did um quite a similar thing with the action sequences where they just completely ruined it and every every time the action looked like it was about to get good yeah. there was just a huge cut and it'd just go to a completely different place yeah. and there was like in in the action sequences of that film there's so many cuts it's ridiculous I don't know if I'll ever even watch it you know <laughs> I, definitely I mean I, I wouldn't say it I wouldn't say it's well, I, thought, I mean, I went, I went to go and see it because the trailers actually didn't look awful. Yeah. And from and from watching the trailers, I didn't, I didn't think it looked dreadful. But then five minutes in, I knew I'd made a horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see. I don't. It wasn't even that badly received. I want to say either. Like it, it no, was, it wasn't. I'm just gonna type it in now. But I swear, like it received okay reviews. We're going well off topic. It's got a relative rating. Yeah, like so I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they changed the name at some point as well. Wasn't it? I thought like it was they actually changed. Called, was wasn't it called just Harley Quinn at one point, and then they changed it to Birds of Prey. I mean, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I'm pretty sure in some places they did actually change the name again. Yeah. Uh. But I'm, I'm never going to get around to it. We've, we've gone so well off topic. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> anyway, what ha- that's what happens on these things. Yeah, back to, back, back to Batman begins. Um, oh, I just realised... I, I, okay, I have this thing where I have to... Like, when I'm watching like, something, I've, really, I've got... I have this weird thing where even if I hate it, I've got to sit through it. So I, I've got to watch Birds of Prey <laughs> I've got to, like, complete it. Like... Um, I hate myself. But anyway, back to Batman Begins. Um, I want to talk yeah. about one of my favourite actors of all time, and he's so good at choosing really bad films, Gary Oldman. 
because he's so good at commissioning yeah. throughout the trilogy. And he is really he gets, good. He gets overlooked so good. much. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after reading Year One again as well, you can sort you can see, you know, the inspiration yeah. of the character in Gordon. I I also um recently watched through um Gotham. This this must have been okay, maybe not so recently. Maybe at the start of the lockdown, it was um due to boredom. And you see, I never thought um, of Gotham. Is it is, no. is it like worth it? Because I've heard it's it's not great. And I've heard actually I mean, quite good. Yeah, it's extremely inconsistent. Um, yeah. The, the guy that plays the Riddler is fantastic in Gotham. Um, yeah. Ben McKenzie, who plays Gordon in Gotham, is his performance is a, a bit too inconsistent. In terms of the storyline of the actual show, I mean... The the entire build up of the show obviously is Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Yeah. So I think in terms of the actual reward you get from finishing the show, yeah, um, it's not too great considering the guy that you see as Batman in the finale is a different guy and the Batsuit looks awful. So, um, I don't. I think again, I think it has its moments. I might get around. Some of it, it. I might get around to it. Quite enjoyable. Yeah, I think the hardest thing with Gotham for me was because it started not long, maybe a year or so after the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going straight from the big screen, explosions everywhere, you know, big names, and then to go straight to TV. And like, I don't know who these people are. I can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, I I think you can you can see as well where. Especially in some of the like when when they do try to add in like big visuals to the show that they 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 didn't just have the budget that they thought they did. Yeah. And um, yeah, again, I think I think they tried to put too much into it, and they I think they they wanted it to be more than it ever was going to be. Yeah. I want to go back to Batman Begins, right? Because <laughs> I forgot, right? When I'm re-watching it, like, you know, you know, people make fun of Christian Bale's voice. For me, yeah. it's the most notable in Batman Begins. And I know everyone's a yeah. I know some people really like it. Some people like it because it's like a bit of a meme, but like some people hate it as well. And I don't know where I stand on it. I mean, it's, well, it's I, I don't yeah. hate, I don't, I don't hate it. I think, I, I remember when I first like heard it and I first started to like, pl- like notice it. Yeah, like I found it really funny. It's one of those things where some people don't notice at all, and then you know, and then you tell them like, I really yeah. felt to someone like so badly. I think we're watching um, the Dark Knight, you know, and you know when it's uh, the dinner, like the dinner party scene. Oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. love me then. And I know I point it out to someone, and I've just ruined the film for them completely. So yeah, it's, so, sometimes when I watch it, I'll just I'll watch the film, and I I don't really pay attention to it. Yeah. And then other times I'm watching it, I think about it, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> and it and it does, and it does sort of just make you chuckle a little bit. But I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Hate it. What is everyone's thoughts on Christian Christian Bale's Batman? Like, do you like him? Is he your favourite? Or he's definitely my favourite uh, Batman I've seen on screen film. I think I've 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 seen 
all of them now, I think. Um, and I think had we not had Christian Bale, Ben Affleck's might have looked better. Yeah. As well. I think just because of the variation he brought that people weren't really seeing a human side to Batman that he, he felt sorry and that he was broken really throughout the trilogy. It really conflicted and people were just used to seeing a Batman that was really like snobby and a bit outrageous and yeah. unfortunately George Clooney's as well. <laughs> uh, you see, the best part is that he, even, he isn't even memorably, memorably bad because of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Arnie managed to just go one step more. I do like with oh, Batman Begins Joe Chill, though. Like, the whole idea of yeah. the yeah. story, over, as you said earlier, like the Joker. Like, I do prefer that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I really enjoy Christian Bale as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I I think he probably is my favorite, and one of one of the reasons he's my favorite is because he's good at both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the actors aren't good at balancing that and being both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But I think Christian Bale does that really well. Um, I think. Ben Affleck as Batman was a really interesting choice. And I think it could have been a good choice if it was done better because the way he looks as Batman and the sort of build he has yeah, for the Batman cool. suit yeah. really matches that well, especially like the older Batman. Yeah. Um, and maybe if he was a bit older, um, like a Dark Knight Return sort of build. Yeah. Um, that, that's what he sort of reminds me of. And the beginning of Batman versus Superman, though, is a really interesting scene, um, like, in a house yeah. with Batman, and he goes in. And I, I really enjoyed that scene. But um, I, did, I wasn't um, a massive fan of him playing Bruce Wayne. I know. Yeah, you just... Um, I... Sorry. It's all right. Um, I, for me, I think... I think he played a better Bruce Wayne in American Psycho. <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, for me, I do really, I'm gutted for Ben Affleck because I think he would have been great if he was given the right material. Yeah. I wish Ben Affleck, in a way, was given a, his own solo film the way they did with Henry Cavill yeah. with uh, Man of Steel. Yeah. And just sort of like disassociated him from the franchise and then bring him in. I thought that would have been worked a lot better yeah. for him. Again, I think that's a classic example of um, DC just trying to rush and catch up yeah. and yeah. wanting to create some huge spectacle that was one of the biggest anticlimaxes ever. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, I just remember, I remember the hype train for Batman to Superman. And like super, yeah. you had like super films were just hitting like at the time like super films were hitting pretty much on the mark every time it was high. And I think Batman to Superman for me, I remember just being such a massive disappointment. I've even seen the extended cut that they put on uh, the release. I haven't, and it, yeah, it just wasn't worth it. It's like yeah. ten minutes extra. That's it's kind of cool, but apart from that, it's just not worth. And it, it doesn't make up for a lot of the problems with the film. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a whole bunch of writing issues, and I don't think Jesse Eisenberg was, was quite right for Lex Luthor. That was a horrible mishap. Um, the whole Wonder Woman introduction, I feel, was like... I, I see why they did it, but I don't think it was needed there and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that film definitely has a whole lot of issues. It's just got so much going on, and it felt like, when they were putting it together, it's like, they just, like, that open, like, Celtics or script writing software, and like, oh, we need to throw that in somewhere. <laughs> and it's... Yeah. A lot of it is literally... The, there are so in. many... There are so many different arcs in that film that, like... Because you've got, like the Batman stuff on his own, you've got the Superman stuff on his own, then you've got where um, Lois goes off, and then you've got um, the stuff with Wonder Woman, and then you've got both of them together, and then you've got the Lex Luthor resurrecting Zod stuff, and it it does just try to cram in so much in, into the film, and it just really doesn't work. It felt too much... Like- I will admit... Carry on, sorry. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I, I'll admit, um, I think despite the fact I absolutely despise the film, it's the one thing they did really well, in my opinion, is how they introduced the rest of the Justice League, that they didn't just, I, oh, I happen to know of you, by the way. You're really cool. It was sort of like, there was just sort of like hints at what could happen, but ne- were never actually discreet either. So, especially the one with the Flash, how he's just in the shop and then next second he's not. I thought that was really clever how he did that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I did like um, some of that stuff, the way it's um, set out, because isn't there like files on a computer or something? That's how they... Yeah. That's how they sort of see it through like video footage and stuff, and I think that is really cool. Just looking here, for me, like I'm just I'm reading like a lot of like um, the stuff like in production and like the tweets leading up to it, and it feels like a product that was produced. It was produced as a business, like it felt more like a product yeah. than a film. Um, a lot of it's there. A lot of toys. I mean, I, I understand that. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a business now. I mean, I'm not saying that obviously Marvel do a lot of things. It's it's a business, but it, it for me it gets to a point where you've still got to make a competent film over making it purely solely for like a business product and to sell toys. And I think that's where like DC have gone. It went wrong massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we spoke about this last week with um, Star Wars when we moved on to the prequels a little bit and how, you know, stuff is done to, you know, make money, sell toys, you know, promote it like it's a business. And that that is the way that these things are sort of going, especially for the, um, especially for the big franchises. Yeah. I think as well, the idea with Batman and Superman, like you say, as a business is the new... The Civil War was coming out not long after. Yeah. 
I think yeah. had, had yeah. they waited to see the world's reaction to Civil War before announcing Wonder Woman was going to be in the film, maybe people's receptions would have been different as well. Because everyone was obsessed with the fact that we were getting Spider-Man, we were getting Black Panther yeah. for the first time in the MCU. And two huge names in the comic book world. And then for the first time, we're getting a movie version of Wonder Woman. And they just dropped it straight away. So there's already too much hype. And I think people were bored of the fact before it even came came about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, I think with Marvel, they definitely announced it a lot better because I don't remember seeing Spider-Man until the last Civil War trailer. Yeah. And it was literally 10 seconds, you know. And they did. They announced it much better. They kept it under wraps for as long as they could. You know, they announced literally just enough to get people excited but, you know, not so much that people were going to, you know, get bored of it when they found out. And they've managed to get a lot out of it. You know, there's been two Spider-Man films. He's appeared in both the Avengers movies. Mm. He's, he's he's probably one of the more popular characters in the MCU and he hasn't been there half as long as most of them. So. Yeah. yeah. I think, especially going back to Chris Nolan's trilogy, I think that's the difference between then and now. But you can never make those sort of three films again for me, especially linked to such a massive franchise like Batman, is... Yeah. I mean, they were made, they were made into care. I mean, Chris Nolan wouldn't... I think that's why... I mean, he's openly said that he'd never return to, like, any DC, anything DC. I mean, I think he was an executive producer for Batman to Superman, but that was it for him. And, um... Yeah, I think that's because I don't think he would have the amount of free reign he had over the the trilogy. I mean, like we're saying, like the more realistic and the way he reinvented the character to make it more realistic, he could not do that now. Yeah, I think that's another thing with Christopher Nolan's trilogy is that he's not doing it because he wants to set up for a big expanded universe, mm. or he wants to, you know, rake in. Not, not that he didn't want to rake in a load of money, but you know, it's he did it because he was providing insight to these characters. He wanted to build an enticing new twist on, you know, an already popular superhero. He didn't, he didn't want to um, have this huge cinematic universe based around this character that he's spent time building up and developing over three films. I think it, one thing it does well, I mean, going back to, um, I always mention, like, writing, writing screenplays, it's so important to create a world without telling too much about things. And I think that's what the trilogy does so well. You want to know more about so many different characters in the trilogy. And yeah. for me, as a, a world builder, it builds Gotham so well. And I love, like, the modern modern style of Gotham in the films. I mean, I to say it was, shot, it was shot in Chicago. It looks so good. It it does look um, incredible consistently as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, it's it looks across the whole three films. It does look brilliant. I mean, replace like the whole setting with um, like, I don't know, like a Michael Mann crime thriller like Heat or something. It, 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 it's just great. 
and one of my favourite sequences throughout the trilogy is obviously um, uh, when the, the the chase through the city um, with Joker and his crew yeah. with the hostages on the yeah. bikes. Like that whole scene is great. That whole sequence is really good. I also destroyed destroyed an IMAX camera during that whole sequence. It cost like five million dollars <laughs> at the time. So wow. Yeah, it's Chris Nolan. He can do what he wants at this point. Like. <laughs> one thing you mentioned as well is like you say about the characters there's so many different ones you want to explore and I think the one that really springs to mind is like the Falcone crime organisation yeah. and you see it's sort of like they're really teasing you and it's just sort of like handing someone a bag of sweets and just saying in fact no you can't have all of it I'll give you one yeah. Yeah, and that's what it's like. Every forty minutes of the film, we see Falcone and Maroni and stuff, and they set up so much in that that they could make their own film just off that. And it'd be so interesting to learn more about characters like him and how, you know, in the Dark Knight, Wurtz and Ramirez get tied in with the Joker. Yeah. You know, she just says that they got to her for medical bills, but yeah, is that really the case? Is she just scared? I mean, there's so many like different things that you could explore with the whole trilogy. But I mean, in ways, like a part of me wants to know more, especially about a lot of different things. I mean, even like a Harvey Dent, um, there's like Two Face. I mean, obviously, you know, it was over one film, the arc, but they could have done so much more with that character because, I mean, it, it's so. For me, it's. It's one of again the whole trilogy has just been like very undermined because of like he played just like iconic performance. But Aaron Eckhart is like Two Face. I'd love to sort of see more of that. Yeah, again, I think that's that's one of the big things with Batman. You know, there there are so many possibilities for you know your antagonist. You know the way the way you want it to play out. And I think that's what makes Nolan's choices for his villains and the way that the stories do play out as they do is because, you know, he had all these choices and he and he wrote what he did and he produced what he did. And this is what we've got from every single possibility that he could have had. And I think that's how you know that he's made the right choice because... He, he has done it, you know, yeah. to to his specific tastes and how it's going to work for him. What do you think of um, Ledger, I, how he adapts throughout the film as well? Because you see, he, he's reckless, but he's really, like, controlled at the same time. And I think probably the best part of the film that shows that is, you know, with the, with the boats at the end. Oh, yeah. And the the hard choice. What do you think of that? I do, I do really like that element of him because um, it shows he's not just he's there to cause absolute destruction. But I love the way he he's he's I love his his intelligence as well. Like I I think you always see this in like the hospital scene, like the whole Two Face art where he turns like he turns Harvey Dent. I think that really adds to his mm. character so well, and. Um, like his control because he 
in a, in a way, he kind of didn't do that much. Like he he never fully did anything to turn him. He just the way he approached it. He, yeah. I think he turns that whole arc of him is so good. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the great things about um, Heath Ledger's Joker is because he has the motivation and the goal of any other normal villain, and that is to you know cause destruction, cause mayhem, you know. But he does it in a way that not many other villains can. He does it with you know that intelligence and that cleverness, and he he does it in a way that's just so profound that it does set him aside from other villains. Yeah. I want to um I, I want I want to talk about like the three like you've got Bane, the Joker, Scarecrow. I'm not a huge fan of Bane compared to the other two. Um for me mm. um I don't think for me you had so much depth with the Joker and the arc of Scarecrow and their intentions the way they've done on film isn't as good because I think the Bane feels very plain to me compared to the other two. Yeah, uh, um, I'd agree there. Yeah. Um, I think um, if I was going to rank the villains, I'd say Joker, Scarecrow, then Bane. And I agree. I, I do think Bane is he's a little bit too underdeveloped, I think, in The Dark Knight Rises. And I think that that is a bit of an issue for me because um, with Joker and the Scarecrow, they just feel like much more fleshed out villains. But Bane doesn't really have that impact on me. He feels like a character that's there to just cause destruction for me compared to the other two. Um, as we were talking about Joker before, like he's all yeah. and changing, and like the way he's in control and the way he like subtly turns, like he obviously turned Harvey Dent. Um, I don't think it's the same for Bane. He doesn't offer that level of depth as a character to me. I think with Bane as well is that his character, I think, is so intelligent as well. I don't, I don't think it's actually clear throughout the entirety what he wants. Yeah. Like at first, he's on the plane and he, he just... He just wants to make a scene, and then next time you see him, he's in a sewer. And it, it, it's just sort of like no correlation between the two different characters that he is throughout. And then, really, by the end of it, all we find is just he's just actually someone who's been seriously hurt yeah. and just wants a bit of like yeah. clarity. None of them really fit in with Bane himself. I think it, it's just three different characters, but all the same person. What is, what are like, like, one scene which I remember like vividly, like, ever, like, it's, it's in the Dark Knight Rises, I read it. it's the football scene, in the football stadium. That mm. scene just always sticks with me. Yeah, and yeah. It's probably, although some of my favorite films are the trilogy, because it's just so fun, like, it's so vivid in my head. And um, what are everyone's like, favorite scenes throughout the trilogy? Um, I think if I was going to pick one from each film, um, I'd say in Batman Begins, I really enjoyed the Ray Jacques stuff yeah, um, towards the beginning that. of the film. 
Yeah. I I really do enjoy that. It's probably one of my one of my favorite parts from Batman Begins. So I also like the um scene where it's like the shipping yard in Batman Begins. Um I enjoy that. In yeah. uh Dark Knight Rises, I think the chase scene um on the bike is still there for me. I think that's really impressive. And um yeah, for Dark Knight Rises, I'd definitely say the football field. Um that's really impressive. I think I probably agree with you with the, with the racial goal scenes in Batman Begins, but I think as well with the football field and Dark Knight Rises, it's just so like clear and everything about it is sort of like it's beautiful, really. But I think in the Dark Knight, I'd probably say the you know the interrogation scene because that just screams oh, actually, yeah. for me. And yeah, the interrogation scene's really well done. It's that is um, that scene made me actually love film. Yeah. So I, that's always going to be like something that sticks out. That scene, like I, I, I was going to bring up that scene because that scene as well. It was one of the first things, like because I, I like I do like quite a bit of screenwriting, and that whole scene alone just it's so good and so well written. Um, but I, I, yeah. I. I I what I do I I write out when I'm in like just random times I'll write out scripts uh, like certain scenes from like certain films like just because just, I want to feel like what it's like to write something like that scene that's that's like one of the things I've written out yeah it's so well written I mean like the like the writing and directing of that scene alone is probably I'd say it's the top ten moments of all time in like cinema hmm. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. Yeah. I think as well, the maybe arguably the best part about that scene is after Batman's gone to get Rachel or Harvey and he's there with the yeah, other guy, yeah. the cop, and he's, he's, he's just talking to him as if he's just his friend. Yeah. And there's no distinction between who's yeah. who. I think that's great. So clever. Um, one of the one of the things I am going to make uh, mention as well, just because you've um, you just reminded me there, Ra- Rachel in Batman Begins. I think yeah, it's Katie Holmes who plays um, Rachel. Yeah, I, I really don't like that performance. Yeah, it is. I I really don't think she's she's um great in Batman yeah. Begins, but um, the repla- the replacement with um Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think is. Um, very good choice. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal's quite yeah. good in the role. One thing which I've always been intrigued with um, is okay. I'm gonna propose something to both of you here. So, like, let's pretend the Dark Knight Rises never existed. Pitch me the sequel. What What would you want from the third third film? So, if the Dark Knight Rises never existed, parallel universe here. The Riddler. Anything from the Riddler. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I think I think the, the Riddler would be um really good. I think if if we were um obviously excluding the uh, Dark Knight Rises from the equation and maybe um obviously if Heath Lodger hadn't have unfortunately passed away, um I would really like to see obviously what 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 happened of the Joker, you know? Yeah, that'd be... I'd like to um, m- maybe see 
obviously a, a similar um, arc with Bruce Wayne where he does disappear, mm. you know, and um, I'd like him to be brought back because um, obviously the Joker's return maybe add a couple more villains in there. Yeah. Max, maximum sort of threat, you know, big finale for series. I think that would have been you cool. See, looking back now, like, in, like I think, like, oh, I'd love, like, um, the end of the arc for the Joker, that would be great, but I don't think I'd bring him bring him back because of how good it was. And I kind of like how it's quite fitting in some way to think about now, the way it ends. So I'd probably bring like the Riddler. The Riddler would be a really good... But again, I really like Jim Carrey as a Riddler. So it's a difficult yeah. one. Yeah. Maybe like Jason Todd. I think... Yeah. Like um, there's, there's, um, there's a ton of Arkham games. Jason Todd is quite cool. Yeah. Do you think they should have used Jason Todd instead of um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin? Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I think that, that's another thing as well. Um, where um, I think with the Dark Knight Rises, if I was going to do anything with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as you know, possibly being that Robin character, I would have liked it to have happened you know earlier maybe see him actually as robin yeah i think would have been really cool um one one thing i did like about the nolan trilogy is that it didn't really feel like it needed that character yeah he's just sort of there like it, he'd have been good as just a randomer really he, he just sort of goes into kick batman up the backside yeah. doesn't he and he yeah. didn't do much throughout the rest of the film and I, I do think it's um, impressive how, how the series is able to, you know, it, it didn't need one of the Robins in there. It didn't need Jason Todd or Damien. Yeah. Um, it'd, or have, it'd have been interesting Grayson. to see Damien long in the future after he, you know, does end up with Catwoman. I think that would have been yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because they set up, like, all arcs for Robin as well throughout the entire trilogy. And yeah. But none of them are definitive either because they don't even stick to like his you know original name do it's Tim is it Tim Drake in this one, but Yeah. Even still he's not so different. I, I I do like how it, it's not really reliant on, you know, having that counterpart. Um obviously Pretty much every other cinematic Batman, you know, series does have Robin in there as a definitive character. Obviously, with Batman and Superman, we see um, the suit with, yeah. um, you know, you got Batman Forever, yeah. Batman and Robin. You know, I, I do like how it didn't need that definitive character in there. Yeah, it's good. It, it's it's actually quite relieving as well when you watch it, and there's no sort of stress of battle between two of the protagonists as well, because the whole point of it is that Batman is something that not many of us could be, but at the same point, anyone could be. And having Robin there would just sort of take away from that that like pressure on Bruce Wayne as well, because it the 
whole dialogue is his conflict. It, I think, like you say, it's good that he's not there. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think it do- it does help the series to an extent that he isn't. Yeah. Um, what do you think of him? Um... Oh, no, Sorry, go on. I was going to say, what do you think of um, Talia al Ghul being introduced right at the end? Um, you see, again, it's a cool, for me, it's a cool, I think it's a really cool addition, but I don't know if it added as much, for, I, don't know if we, I don't know if it was needed, is that other thing? And hmm. uh, um, that's, that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean... I think I think it would have been cooler if um, there was if you know she'd have been in it a bit more. Yeah. Um, add a little bit more to the character. Yeah. What a, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring off the Donald Trump for a second. Has everyone seen the like um, any of Kevin Conroy's Batman? Because. I think he's, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he might be my favorite Batman. I think he's. Um, I think he plays Batman. Like obviously, it's, obviously, it's a voice actor. But it, it's the best one out of out of them all. Hmm. I mean, I, I. Um. Yeah, I I do really like um Kevin Conroy's Batman. Obviously, um, the animated series is um. Probably one of the best um, animated series on TV. Well, that ever was on TV. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up because we're on about um, like Batman becomes like if the Donald was R-rated. Um, I don't know if any of you seen the Killing Joke, the, the film. Yeah, I wasn't a big uh, yeah, fan yeah. of it. Um, obviously, for different reasons. Uh, it was. It, it felt very much very cheap and a bit flash animation for me. Like it, I don't think it was animated great, um, but I did like the idea of it being like an R-rated film. But for mm. me, I think it it relied a little too heavily yeah. on being R-rated. <laughs> it, it wanted to show everyone that it was R-rated. Yeah, I think I think that yeah that is one one of the um, main criticism main criticisms. I, I I did have of that is that you know it it didn't really it didn't really do the comic book justice and it sort of tried to be it, it almost tried to be more than the comic book was it didn't try to sort of appreciate the comic it sort of tried to I feel like it tried to one up the comic which I didn't like too much yeah I think as well with the with the uh, killing joke is it's such uh, like a powerful story as well and the am- ambiguity surrounding all of the characters in it really, but I think that would have been better as a live action yeah. maybe, so you could really see yeah. the emotions and stuff. Right, you know. Yeah, I think that's one thing they did really well with um, Joker. Yeah. You know, Phoenix's adaptation. It's a there's so much like, is it real? Yeah. Is it not? Is he dreaming? You know, the whole play on the idea of it was really good. And I think that's perhaps the closest we will probably ever get to the accuracy of the killing joke. 
Yeah. Um, I, I do I do really um, enjoy the comic book, and I think with a live-action film, there definitely would have been... Um, they, they probably would have had more resources, you know, to sort of flesh it out to the extent that it needed to be fleshed out. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, Getting it released as the animated film, I think it may have been a little bit too rushed. With it is, I'm just surprised that none of them, like a live action hasn't been fully developed because for me it's probably I'd say it's my my favourite comic and it's just it's just amazing that no, no, no one's picked it up and then like we could make a decent film out of it. Yeah, I mean as I said, like the joke is probably the closest we can get. That's, that's... But. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that fear of people wanting to pick it up and people not wanting to touch it, you know, because it is regarded as such, you know, an incredible piece of um, Batman media, and people don't people don't want to, you know, they don't want to mess with that. They don't want to they don't want to touch it just in case, you know, it doesn't turn out exactly how they want it, and they d- they don't want the backlash. Mm. Yeah. The- yeah, that it, would it would be like. It, I think the thing with that is like again, again you've got to tread light in between with staying faithful to the comics and making. Uh, I always have this argument with everything. This is that like down, like um, book of, book of, book of adaptions and um, the different stuff is that if it doesn't work for a certain medium, then it should be adapt. It, it doesn't have to stay faithful for me. Um, obviously, I mean, in certain respects, you've got to pay for it. But if it doesn't, me, if it doesn't work in that certain medium, stuff needs to be changed. And then carry on. Yeah. I think. I, I think. No, sorry. Carry oh, on. sorry. I was, I was just going to say. I think. I I trust Matt Reeves with the Batman. I feel like you know some of his castings that far out there that. You know that it's going to work because I don't think anyone would have suspected Robert Pattinson to be Batman. You know, if you if you give a list of ten actors, he wouldn't be one you'd think. But I, I feel like Matt Reeves could perhaps do a really really good job of the Killing Joke if he were given the green light yeah, for a sequel. That that be, that be, I think Matt with Robert Pattinson, like it's one of the things where. I listened to it. I was like, "Oh, Matt, Robert Pattinson, really?" And it, it it makes sense to me though now because, because I thought about it. It makes sense. Yeah. And I think it would. And I I really have good hope. Like, um, I really like the Lighthouse and Good Times, and I'm just hoping it's it's great. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people hate um Robert Pattinson because of Twilight, and I th- I think that's understandable, but. Um, again, the lighthouse is brilliant. Good times, brilliant as well, and he's great in both. Twilight is a weird series because obviously they're not they're awful films. Um, but I mean, you look at um, like Kristen Stewart. So she's gone on to do some really good stuff, and Robert Pattinson as well. Like, yeah, it had talent in there. Yeah, the material. Yeah, apart from Taylor Lautner. Apart from Taylor Lautner, <laughs> he made that. <laughs> but you know. I think with Robert Patterson, um, I, I I do I, I really hope it's I really hope it doesn't fail. I've, I've heard really good. Like what what I'm hearing is it's it's like before like Batman vs Superman. I did have like a few alarm bells with like a few of the announcements, 
And um, like Zack Snyder for me is a bit hit, hit and miss anyway. So I was like, but Matt Reeves, like, yeah, I a lot yeah. of hope for. Um, War, War of the Planet of the Apes was great. Um, like, I really yeah. love that yeah. film. Um, it was rough. The whole trilogy. The whole of that trilogy but, was like War of the Planet. It's probably one. I'd say it's my favorite film of 2017. It's like top two. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, a lot of the casting as well, I think, is um, really good. I'm looking forward to seeing Andy Serkis as um, Alfred <laughs> in particular. Um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, which I think is really, really interesting casting. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens there. And then you've got Paul Dano, who I really like, um, is playing the Riddler, and I think he could do well there. I only just watched um, Prisoners for the first time the other week, and Paul Dano in that, I I, I didn't understand it at first yeah. watching him, and then when I watched that, I thought, how could anyone else be yeah. the Riddler? Yeah, this guy is built for this it. This is great, and I think I would be always be intrigued because before Matt Reeves, like, I didn't, I didn't even know um, Batman. I think that would be um, really interesting. I really liked Blade Runner 2049 as well. And I I think he could... um, I think that sort of feel to a Batman film would be be cool. Yeah, like a grunge-type film. It's not based or anything. I think, like, what... Blade Runner as a franchise does really well more so in 2049 than the original one is it's sort of in between like a Nolan and a Tarantino film where there's so much dialogue but there's enough action to like feed you with it and make you full as well it's it's really good I think that was like so harshly rated when it came out yeah anyway um I mean, I'm finally going to watch... Um, yeah. Sorry, just quickly. I'm finally going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, tonight. It's brilliant. Well, so I am, I am I'm really looking forward to that. I've all been watching the last like few weeks, or I've watched recently. And um, I've, I've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yesterday, again, for like the fourth time. Um, and I, I think it's great. For me, I think it's... Tarantino is yeah. It's I'd say it's I'd say it's his most mature film since Jackie Brown, and obviously you've got the last half now, which is crazy. Um, but I mean everything about that film. I mean Brad Pitt and Leo together are great. Um, their whole chemistry is like the stuntman and and um, like actor like it's great. Um, I think I really like the period it's set because I know quite a lot about the period. And um, I love like the whole story of Sharon Tate being, you know, the rising star. You know, she's you got uh, Roman Polanski on his up, and he's wrote, he's come off the back of Rosemary's Baby. You've got Sharon Tate on the rise as like this new young actress, and you've got this TV star who just couldn't make that switch into film. And I do think they're both intertwined perfectly together. And um, yeah, I mean. So, like some of my favourite scenes in that film, um, I always bring back to the, the whole Manson family scene. Um, for me, that could that could 
go into any like psychological thriller. That the way that the way that is shot, I think it's it's really creepy. And it like it's so well done. I mean, when you've got Brad Pitt like looking around and they're all staring at him, I think that's great. Yeah, it was it's quite borderline. Yeah, horror film that part. It's it's a really really good scene and as well where I think even towards the end of it as well after he's you know in Italy and you, yeah. you, you just sort of see him and you think what on earth yeah. happened? He looks. I rough. think like another thing that I, which is probably one of my favorite moments of the film like last year is you know when they come on the way back from Italy and you've got out of time with the Rolling Stones the yeah. string version. Going and all the lights are going on in LA. All the lights, all the lights have been turned on, and uh, you got the restaurants opening up and turning on the signs. Like, that's such a powerful moment with the whole context and everything. And Jack, you're gonna have a great time tonight. I'm actually, je- yeah. I really want to watch it again for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on after this. Um, in terms of, in terms of what I, I have been watching. This week, though, um, I've I've been to visit my dad, and it's it's fair to say that um, him and sort of that sort of um, his his family don't really have the um, most amazing taste yeah. in film. You know so um, <laughs> th- this week, I <laughs> this this week I've watched um, Jumanji: The Next Level. That was awful, yeah. and. Which isn't really isn't great, and I watched uh, the reboot of Charlie's Angels, which is awful. I've never even seen the old ones, but um, I, I sat there and I watched that for the uh, crack, and it was absolutely terrible. Um, in terms of good films that I've watched this week, though, um, I rewatched The Martian because I discovered that it was yeah. on Netflix again, so I decided to um. I decided to rewatch that, and I, I really, 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 really love The Martian. I can't stress it enough. It's pro- it's probably one of my favorite films, and I think it's incredibly underrated. Um, I think Matt Matt Damon's incredible. Ridley Scott's um, direction is fantastic, and I think um, visually it looks brilliant as well. Um, I also after after I watched the Dark Knight trilogy, I rewatched um, the Prestige oh, as well, which cool. I think is also incredibly underrated. I, I think that's still one not of, seen that. Yeah, it's um, I, I reckon it's one of Nolan's best films. You I see, think that's I really underrated. I want to say it is, but then I look like at Nolan films and like, ah, like it's a hard to choose like where I'd rank them. Like Memento is probably my favorite. If I like yeah, this one. But that's just down to. Well yeah. Um, but um, speaking of Nolan, uh, I rewatched Inception this week, and uh, oh, I love it. Fantastic, fantastic. But too. I think I'd rather watch The Prestige over it. Mm, see, I don't know, because I, I watched Inception not too long ago, it's yeah. a couple of weeks ago or so, and. I get that one, one thing that stands out for me um, in terms of Inception is it's paced so so well, um, and even though it's quite it's quite a lengthy film, it's nearly three hours long. It yeah. doesn't feel it. Yeah. Um, 
whereas with the prestige i think um on the pacing side it does feel a little bit slower than inception but i also think the prestige is possibly a little bit better running so i don't know it's it's really hard for me if i was going to try and rank nolan's films i don't think i'd be able to do it i rewatched the irish this week um yeah, oh, I, God. <laughs> now I forgot how to get it. Um, would I sit through it again? Yes. Um, I probably would. I see. I've seen it like three times. Uh, weirdly, because the first time I watched it, like I, I, it was very slow paced for me. It has some great scenes in it that I really like, and I think I do think Rob De Niro is at his most. Like it's one of his. It's probably one of my favorite Rob De Niro performances, apart from. Uh, the whole grocery risk. For me, the de-aging technology doesn't entirely work. I think it does slowly... It, it just doesn't look great, especially early on in the film. Um, but for me, like I really have the nearest performance in that. Um, he's, I'd say it's, I want to say it's, I want to say it's probably like in my top, in my top five of the nearest performances I've seen. Um, especially when it gets towards the... Like, the the last hour, hour and a half of the film, I think De Niro is at his best, especially in recent years. Yeah, you know, everything in the car home is brilliant. Yeah, De Niro um, does perform really well in that. Um, speaking of Corsese as well, I, I not long watched um, The Departed, and Departed. I, I still think I still think of that as is um one of Scorsese's best films. Um, I th- I think it was the first Scorsese film that I ever watched, so maybe it's that that's sort of there. Maybe it's a bit of nostalgia for me, but I do really really like The Departed. I think you can make like a a whole like montage of like Mark Wahlberg's like this is in that film to like different people. Yeah. yeah. What have you been watching this week, Jack? Or the Jack, the guest Jack? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I actually, since lockdown, I've been spending time with my girlfriend, so I've not, and she doesn't watch yeah. as many films as me. Uh, she's more on TV, so I, I actually don't get to sit through a film full length. But the other day I watched Yesterday, yeah. The, the one about the Beatles. And I thought, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not into that type of music. I didn't think I'd enjoy yeah. enjoy that film, but I found it really, really interesting. It's quite a, a good concept. Um, oh, what else have I watched? I feel like I'm slowly, since Disney Plus has come out, working my way through all the MCU again and Star yeah. Wars. And I just... I, I reviewed the Rise of Skywalker the other day, and I just I can't reiterate how horrendous that is after seeing it a few oh, times now. You see, it really, really I rewatched is. it again I this week. I haven't seen it. I watched it in the cinema. cinema. I, just, I remember feeling just unsatisfied, but I can't. I need to rewatch it again because, like, I've been told it's. I remember it. I don't remember it being absolutely horrendous, but I'm gonna rewatch it like now. Like, I'm gonna rewatch it this week, and I'm just gonna like hate everything about it. So. It is like I, I'm re- I'm really reluctant to rewatch it because ev- every time I open up Disney Plus, it sort of looks at me and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I kind of want to do it, 
because I want a good laugh, but then I also don't want to do it because I, I don't want to do it to myself. It is really, really, I cannot reiterate how I, I might have thought I was going to rewatch it. And then um, I, I ended up watching Empire instead, so. <laughs> Didn't want to yeah. ruin Star Wars Day. <laughs> Empire is, I, I stand by Empire Strikes Back as being one of the best films ever made. Uh, it was probably like quite a bold statement, but I just think everything, especially considering what was available to them as well, is just so perfectly done in that film. Films just everywhere. Yeah, Empire yeah. is definitely my favorite stuff. Even though film students everywhere are now throwing down like Blu-rays of Citizen Kane <laughs> on the desk. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, on on yesterday, I watched yesterday, and like I I do like the Beatles like a, a lot. I just listen to a lot of them. Um, I I had issues. Like I like the heart of the film, and for me, like. I would. I don't think it, like, a lot of people really didn't like it. I'm not at that level. Like I, I did like a lot of the things in the film, um, but I do think the idea of yeah. it just doesn't work. Because, like, for me, no, there is no way that like I want to hold your hand by the Beatles is going to ever be. If it was released now, it would never hit the heights that it would. Like fifty. Yeah. 50, like fifty years ago, it just wouldn't. Um, without like a trap beat on it. Or yeah, something. I mean, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah um, again, I I really really um like the Beatles, and I I watched yesterday, and I I'm I'm quite split because on on one hand I really um didn't enjoy yeah. a lot of it. But on the other hand, um, I oh, do I like it, the I, concept. I did like the concept, but but I think I think I I like the concept, but it's also like a flawed concept, and I do think they did really well with because it, it, it's a difficult concept to do, especially yes. in film. I mean, it sounds like a great idea, but it doesn't. The the biggest, I think, the biggest thing for me was that there was zero explanation. Yeah. yeah. And you, you're never given any clarity as to what happened, why yeah. it happened. You know, I, I think that was one of the main things for me that sort of um, put put me off the film a little bit was that there was no explanation. It's or a shame because I'm really clarity. Carry on. I think as sorry, well. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say is like like you're saying about the lack of clarity is even before everything that happens in it with yeah. all the power out but the base the Beatles aren't even mentioned in the film there's no songs about them or anything and no and it's just like snap of the fingers oh by the way no one's heard of Beatles like I, I was really confused well, at that point um I, yeah it's weird because there was there was more than one thing that didn't exist like Oasis for me that makes <laughs> oh, sense th- th- because they were you know the, um, the Oasis sort of did like nick a lot of the Beatles stuff, but it's like, like I think the I, yeah. I, I hope they don't do it. But I just imagine like it's I don't think Danny Boyle would do it, but I can just see a sequel coming out where someone like writes all the Oasis the songs, and I hope that doesn't happen. But I need to see it. Yeah, I think I think it it definitely be fun, but um yeah I I, I don't really um. 
It's one of those things where like, you know when John Lennon disappears in the film and you're like, oh my god, it's John Lennon. Like it's just that. It's like that. Was, yeah. it, it's a great. Yeah. I had, I had, a, I had fun with it. I want to say, it, but I don't know if I would ever sit for it again. And it, it, it had its issues. I, I, I don't think I'd. I mean, I've, I've only seen it once. I think, um, I think I'll, I'll probably yeah. end up watching it again at some point. Because um, I made the mistake, I accidentally yeah. bought it on Amazon instead of renting it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's there. So I'll probably yeah. I'll probably watch it again at some point. But um, it's not like I'm not gonna go out of my way to rewatch it. It seems to me like one of them chilled yeah. Sunday afternoon films that you have. Just like you don't really care yeah. what's happening. It's just fun to watch. It's yeah. not not too crazy yeah. or anything. You you don't have to think about it a lot it's very um in terms of like analyzing so it's very you see the Sebastian Hill film I renamed the Roger the Roger Moore Bond film that is a Chilton film (laughs) but speaking of TV this week um I finished Stranger Things season 3 again for like I think that's that's the first time I've rewatched like all three of them and I, I, I really like Orph. For me, this first series is the best, but the characters are so great in it that I love all three. Um, all three have the, the, some great moments in them. And I do think it's the idea of... I think I might have been like... you, Even though I didn't grow up in the 80s, the idea of the blinded... I think everyone's just blinded by nostalgia, even in parts that aren't so great in it. Like... Um, there's an episode in the second series, the spin-off episode that I just don't like. It. It's it's awful. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, um, we spoke about this before. Like all three. In fact, I like we'll get to some part. I mean, I hope we can do like a podcast on all three sits on on all three seasons because I do want to talk about them like in, in depth. The things I don't like, things I really like. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's probably some of my favorite like TV of the last ten years. Um. Yeah, it's definitely and, really, really Have you been watching any TV this week? Um, in in terms of TV, not really. Um, I've had um like Comedy Central yeah. on in the background That's stuff, the Friends minutes. channel, just in like the background stuff. <laughs> they they really should. Um, just like in the background while I've been like getting worked and stuff. Um, also, I, ha- I have all of the Transformers yeah. from the 80s on DVD. Ooh, that's, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, which, which I, I kind of like, you know, it's, it's uh, cringy and corny, but it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's cool at the same time. Still better than the Michael so, um, Still, still better uh, than the Michael Bay movies. So, um, I watched uh, a little bit of that this week. So. I mean, have you watched any TV this week, Jack? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, I've, I've, I've just been, like Jack, I've just been getting on with work and stuff. So it's just headphones on, Apple Music, and you just that way doing whatever. This, another episode. It's, yeah. it's been quite right. An episode I did watch this week um, was a new Netflix series called Hollywood. It's drama like a soap opera idea set in like the golden age of Hollywood it, it's it, it wasn't I wouldn't recommend this it, 
it felt a little bit convoluted, and it but the the characters didn't have much depth. Um, and it's a bit of a misfire by Netflix. It's just a shame because I like Hollywood post war post war two era. Like, yeah, I really like. Um. Yeah, I, ha- I have heard actually quite mixed things about that, that it doesn't start off great and it um, gets a bit better. Um, I-, I might give it a watch if I get... Yeah. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to mention on the podcast, uh, I'm in the middle of shooting a film. Um, it's, co- it's called Salad Days, and um, it should be... Over the next few weeks, I'll be getting a few guests on who are starring in the film. So, uh, that should be interesting. Yeah. One thing, actually, who would you want to play the Joker if you went up against Batman? See, um, for for me, I'm 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 a bit split on this because, on one hand, I would really like to see more. I think Jackie Phoenix deserves a shout, but yeah. William Defoe would be yeah. great, I think. Mm. You know what? That's um, actually a really good shout. But obviously, he's still, he's still yeah. good Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wild card out there <laughs> and say um, Ray Liotta from uh, Goodfellas. Oh, you know what? That 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 I. I could see it possibly working. Oh, wasn't he in talks yeah. at one point? I'm not 100% sure. And then I'm gonna I don't, I don't remember hearing there. about it. Tim Curry. <laughs> the guy played... Because I'd watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd watch that film. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Well, whether it'd be any good. Is, one, you know, radio, Ryan Gosling. Different. I reckon. Ooh, I could see that. You know, I that 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 would be um that'd be really cool. R- Ryan Gosling is um really really good. It'd be cool to do him to see Again, him. Do you have like actually seen him in a role like that. Then I rewatched. Uh, I watched Carter like a few yeah. a while ago now. Um and uh, uh Tom Cruise, you know, he, he, I love him in Carter. That I'd watch Tom Cruise's doing. <laughs> Imagine like the Joker doing like a stunt or something like jumping off a roof. I'd watch that. <laughs> that that would be cool. I I rewatched yeah. Tropic Thunder not too long ago as well. And you That's completely good. forget that Tom Cruise is um in that film. I I forgot he was in that film before I rewatched yeah, it. Love Tropic Thunder. So cool. Tropic Thunder is really really good. I think. Maybe a, a bit of a wild card, and uh, and I say a bit, it's a big wild card. Is I, I'd actually like to see more of Harry Styles in 
acting roles. Yeah, yeah especially after right. Dunkirk, yeah. I thought he was absolutely. Chris incredible. Nolan didn't know who he was, did he? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's hilarious. I think no, <laughs> and I think it'd be it'd be interesting. You see, I thought he was really good, but other than that, yeah. yeah. I, in in terms of being the Joker, I, I don't I see, know if I can quite where, see it. I, I definitely watch it. It's just the one. Um, it would make its money back in the first day. <laughs> like, yeah. Surely down to one thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I could see him. You see, William Defoe, like, when I mentioned that, I can really see I'd love to see that. Mm. He screams the Arkham game yeah, Joker yeah. to me as well. Yeah. I th- I think um I ov- obviously if Mark Hamill wasn't really old and really out of shape I'd like to yeah. see him as the yeah, Joker as well in live action. I was just about to say that as well. Yeah, because Mark Hamill's Joker is one of the better ones. Yeah, Mark Hamill, yeah, that that'd be great to see. I'm trying to go back. If you had to go an actor who's if you any actor in time to play the Joker. Who would you go? Because for me, like, I'd go in his prime, Rob De Niro, playing the Joker. Like, Taxi Driver era, that would be great. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure it's great to see him as a... As that would be... The Joker. Um... <laughs> but, um, like, especially, like, when he played... Has anyone, has, have you both seen The King of, Com- King of Comedy? Oh, well, basically... No, uh, I've actually never seen The King of Comedy with the Joker in it. And it's just been great to see him, like... Uh, Rob De Niro is a Joker. I think that'd probably be that. That'd be excellent. Yeah. I, I mean, I th- I th- in terms of picking the Joker, I think you have to be very, very careful because again, you don't want to damage the legacy to that character and I think I think that's why you will rarely ever see him because you know he's so iconic people just don't want to touch him I think every person who's got an Academy Award I want to say if that's just because you got Jack Nicholson Jared has Jared Leto got him yeah no Jared I think he hasn't he didn't get one he didn't get it oh Oh, no he didn't get it he didn't get it for Joker he He might yeah I think he does have one actually what is he what did what did Jared win it win it for now? Um, oh, it was just Dallas, it was Dallas Buyers Club on it. That was it. Like, yeah, like I knew that every I knew that every I knew that every oh, uh, right. person oh, yeah, got yeah, like yeah. a um an, an Academy Award. But see again, I reckon Jared Leto's Jared Leto's joke was really disappointing to me. Like obviously, really because it it wasn't even just disappointing; it was bad, and he should not have been in that film. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-mm. I blame partially yeah. him for that, and partially I blame whoever had the idea to make him a modern yeah. gangster type person. I think they really should have kept to the traditional, especially with such a long gap without seeing yeah. a Joker at all, and then. Just to go straight in at the other deep end and make him really scruffy, and I think it was really, really yeah. poor choice by everyone involved. Yeah, the the thing is with um, Jared Leto's Joker, he was 
he was really poorly written, and they did they made they made him a glorified mobster, and that's all he was. Yeah, you know, he he never portrayed any of those you know classic Joker qualities apart apart from you know the whole idea of the you know the Joker laugh, but they they never really played into him as a Joker. He, he even in the film he was you know rarely ever in it. Yeah, that's one thing I don't understand. Is like. The most famous character out of all of them in there, and he and, was so underused. Yeah, he he was completely wasted, and I, th- I think Jared Leto he could have done a good job. Yeah. It's like it it wasn't a completely like crazy no. casting where it was like why have they casted him? It was one of those castings where it's like I think there's definitely potential there, and you could see it happening, but it just didn't. It didn't work. Do you know what as well? I think with Jared Leto is we we saw him be the Joker, and then a year and a bit later we saw him be the Joker in Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he was a far better version of the Joker in that than he was in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Jared Leto was um quite good in Blade Runner, and I I think yeah, it is a shame that. You know, he was completely wasted yeah. with um, Suicide Squad. Um, I think he does have to take a little bit of the blame, though. I mean, although the script was absolutely horrendous, I think he definitely has to take some responsibility for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. I think, I think we've pretty much covered everything today. Um, it's been... Yeah. yeah. It's... it's I think, I mean, with the with the joke, um, last point is when when you get that character because it's so crazy and so like psychotic. When you even, I think we saw this Jared Leto. When we get like slightly wrong, like for me, like Jared Leto's laugh as a Joker. Even if you get that part just slightly wrong, it's it's bad. There's no coming back from that. And I think that's where yeah. you've got to draw that line so well between like psychotic and. Just straight up over the top. I mean, a Nick Cage Joker would be the best thing ever. Though. Yeah, I'd watch that. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> Nick Cage and Joker. He, he could just play every superhero. Superman. But yeah, um, <laughs> on on uh, on Nick Cage playing the Joker. Um, I think it's a good time to end the episode. Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on, Jack. Uh, we'll get you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you again. Thank you both for having me. It's been yeah. great. Maybe, maybe even. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, we'll see you back to normal next week for the episodes Thursday and Saturday. Thursday and Saturday, yeah. Um, um, yeah, Thursday and, and Saturday yeah, next week. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>